Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Little. Bert Kruger, Eric is with Smart Yield. And we look at what's been happening in these markets today. And I kind of joked about a little party action going on in the soybean trade. That's all because of what we saw in the crush numbers. So then the question is, did that finally help the corn? be able to hit its positive territory that we saw today. And even the wheat didn't look all too bad considering what we've seen the last couple of days for this wheat complex. So let's start out there, Eric, a little bit of crush numbers, uh, a big boost today to the soybeans. Yeah, the crush number came just a little bit above what the what the trade was looking for, but really a, a new record for November um, with already tight ending stocks that we're seeing seeing on the soybean market projected. I think there's there's little room for that to continue. If we keep seeing new records, you know, all of a sudden um, we're already tight on beans on, on stocks coming into next year, and I think that that continues to put pressure on this market. And at some point, we're going to keep ratcheting this thing up. And next thing you know, um, you know, beans went from negative on the overnight to uh, closing the day up over 15 cents so pretty big range on beans today um, but a pretty strong follow-through and a close above 1180 probably um, puts that 12 dollar area um, for the most recent high here in january right right in its sights well and obviously like you said the crush was that was a big factor in it is that why we've got some strong basis going on as well yeah, I think so. And I think that that just has to do with supply. You know, anytime that we're looking at a really tight supply coming in uh, from this year's crop into next year and really uncertainty, South America, it seems like one day they're getting rain, the next day they're not. And Argentina's still pretty dry. It looks like Brazil is going to get a little bit of moisture here coming up. But I think as far as that uncertainty is there with their crop, and we know on the U.S., we know, we know our supply, barring kind of an unforeseen uh, uh, supply change on the January report here in a month, um, we're, we know we're going to have tight stocks, and I think that that keeps basis strong, and that that keeps going to help support this market on any breaks for sure. What about what we saw in the corn market? I mean, because they've had a lot of negativity taking place, and suddenly we're starting to see some some positives move in. Yeah, the, the corn market's been really interesting. Really, since the first of December, we've traded in less than a fifteen cent range. It feels like you know every time you know beans kind of find some ground and really start moving up, corn just can't qu- quite catch it. But I think if we could see corn, you know, March corn trade through that up to that four thirty area again, then I think you know we could see a little a little stronger move up. But kind of the same story as beans. Um, when you look, there is potential to see. Uh, stocks to use into next year really revise lower if we see exports continue to pick up. So I, I think if you could see stocks use below that 10% number, we're not there yet, but I think there, there's thoughts that we could see that get revised down even lower and, and really tighten up um, our supply coming into next year. I think you know we can t- continue like i said through the holidays here it's it's a quiet trade there's there's low volume a lot of different things can happen when it comes to profit taking and you know who knows with, with the way 2020's gone but i i think the fundamentals and the charts now turning up support um support the market being steady if not firmer into the end of the year but really we're on this downhill slide of 2020 so can we kind of expect that typical quietness to take place in the next couple of weeks in the grains <laughs> Gosh, I hope so, but it is 2020. You know, it's hard to joke <laughs> that way, but it's starting to look that way. Volume on corn was down today. Uh, beans picked up uh, pretty good after, after of course, the crush report came out. But uh, I would think by the end of the week, we'll kind of get into that holiday trade where light volume, but light volume doesn't always mean quiet markets, too. Sometimes lighter volume moves can really see a market get pushed. So, But, but I, I, like I said, I think the fundamentals and, and the charts right now support the market on any breaks, that's for sure. Is there any, I know, 
that there was some discussion earlier today about, about ethanol numbers and knowing that as more lockdowns take place and typically we would see a lot of folks getting ready to do some holiday traveling. Does that have ethanol nervous that we're not going to see our normal? Yeah, a little bit. I think up front here, but then on the other side of that, you could kind of take the counter and go, okay, if, if the vaccine um, does really get moved around the country the way we've seen it distributed it, and if we can continue to get those doses out, does all of a sudden that free up some of that travel into the early part of next year into next spring? So I think you got to kind of look at that two ways, but I think directly up front right now, it's, it's going to limit some travel that we usually see, and you know, I think the trade knows that. Um, but ho- hopefully we don't see those numbers rise down too far. So looking at overall, though, can we say that the corn has traded higher, the wheat has turned higher because of what we saw in the soybeans today? Yeah, I think so. I think we or, or the beans really drug along with other two markets. You know, corn was lower almost the entire session until right at the end we ended up closing higher. Um, we had had a really tough day yesterday, even uh, off of some some news that you would think could be construed positive, but I think a lot of that was priced in with Russia going to put some tariffs on some of their exports. But that's not until February, so right now uh, that really doesn't come into play. So. Um, you know, I think beans really drug everything wrong nicely. What are we going to be seeing, though, with, with pressure from China? I mean, we're getting ready to wrap up with just a couple short weeks. Their focus usually starts to turn to South America. But is there that possibility that they're still going to have a taste for, for U.S. products? I think so. I, th- I think, you know, more there's a pretty big discussion now when you start going over to the protein side of the market and what that's going to change. Um, there's some news out that they're, they're hog herd, and we can talk about that later, is back up close to where it's it's historically been. But on the grain side of things, you know, they, they really have come through and bought a lot of products from us. Um, we're starting to ship some of that product, so that's a good thing, too. I think um, with the assumption that the Brazilian and Argentina crop could get pushed smaller. I think that demand could stay here for a little while longer. So hopefully we see that, but it's, it, it's an, it, there is an end in sight to that. And that, that focus will shift to South America and that's, that will happen um, eventually. Real quick, before we wrap up your biggest takeaway on the grains from 2020 loaded question, I know, but <sighs> yeah, no, really counter seasonal, you know, we had a, had a year where uh, we went in and put lows in the summer and rallied up into harvest. And that's typically not what happens. So hopefully we can kind of move forward and get back to a little more seasonal year next year. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we head into part. Take a look at what happened on the livestock side of the trade. As you heard, Eric, about South America, not South America, about China and their increase in their hog production. Could that mean some more possibilities for us here in the U.S.? I know there's some hogs that have left the Midwest and have headed over to China to do their part in repopulating the herd. More is coming up. We'll take a look at this mixed cattle trade and the higher hogs. Coming up, it's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we are continuing our conversation this afternoon with Eric Kruger. Eric is with Smart Yields. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, head over to the livestock side where we really saw a mixed market in this cattle trade. It was higher for the hogs, but we are going to start with the hogs because you talked about going to break. Uh, uh, China, they're doing some big growth of their hog herds. Where are they at number wise and what does that mean for us? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, there's a report out that China's uh, pig and sow herd has recovered to more than 90% of the normal levels, and that was at the end of November. It looks like by mid-year they should be back to full capacity. But all, the, all that protein doesn't come to the market, you know, by the first quarter. I think that's a, something by the end of next year that becomes a little more of an issue where we could probably see that demand slow down from us as they expect to get their, their production um, to their people, I guess, in-house versus having to, to import it in from us or other places throughout the world and i think that affects the beef market as well anytime you put more protein onto the world market uh, that demand slows down from us so i think it's it's something to keep in mind um something also to keep in mind um is you know a little higher feed costs that we're looking at coming into this year um just things to plan for as, as we come into the end of the year so I had a, a listener question, and we ran out of time during the, the first half to ask you about this, but you talk about food shortages, and they know that the wheat has had the issue with, with Russia and their, their food concerns. The gentleman was wondering, is there the opportunity for us to export proteins to Russia to be able to help them out with this food shortage? Wow, you know that is a that's a great question. That's <laughs> something usually you don't see. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's that short. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, it, you know, there's a, there's some countries a little closer that they might be able to get, but to get protein from, or if they can bridge that window. But I, I'm not sure on that. That's a, that's a great question. But you know, I'm, you never really see us exporting protein mm-hmm. into that market. So it's pretty interesting. It's a great thought. You know, I'm sure we'd take it if if the <laughs> if the demand was there. That's yeah, for sure. exactly. If the opportunity would arise. Um, we were talking during break, and you were talking about the cutouts and the break that we've seen. What does that mean going forward for us? Yeah, you know, the cutout's the lowest it's been since, you know, really, we, we, we ran all the way up to 245 on the choice and broke down here to below, you know, this 209 number, if not lower. I think there's long-term support a little above in that 202 area, and I, I feel like that'll hold here over the next few weeks, and I think we can see that move up a little bit as, as we hold the, some of this long-term support, or long-term support. but uh, what it means is a, a little cheaper product. Um, the packer margin slipped. You know, it feels like forever since we've been able to say, like I was telling you this, that the estimated packer margin is below $200 a head, and we haven't seen that. And I, I, I don't know when the last time that was printed, but um, so so it's not like they're losing money. We're going to continue to kill. We're going to continue to uh, to process through these cattle. But um, I, I think in the near term, hopefully, um, any breaks look to be supported in this market. It's been a really quiet trade. Um, you know, feeders were up a little bit today. The live cattle were down a little bit, but I, I feel like um, this, you know, this 105 to 110 area. I think that's what's going to be asked is that 110. But I don't think we're going to see it on the cash side. Something in the low ones is probably what's going to happen by the end of the year. So we are. We talked about this on the grain side of it. We are in December. Is that part of the reason we're seeing not a lot of cattle movement, or is it just because no agreement on true price? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, there's some thought, too, that some of this weather is going to come in and help that market a little bit, but we'll see how long-lived uh, some of this cold and some of this winter storm is across across the cattle region. But I think what you're seeing is a lot of that, what we call holiday buying, is was done. Um, we've, we've traded and moved a lot of cattle over the last two months. So I, I think into the end of the year here, um, hopefully we see a little more trade pickup, you know, before we hit that Christmas into that New Year's holiday. And then, you know, after the first of the year, I think there's a lot of optimism, though, that that first part of January, we could see these markets appreciate back up a little bit. 
so you know we've had we we're talking i guess on the front half too about the ethanol side of it with covid and everything taking place now that we've got a vaccine we've even got the vaccine here in nebraska it's all across the midwest is there a gleam of hope for these proteins that things might start to get back to normal as quickly as possible yeah, I think there's this that underlying psychology that um, improved demand because of vaccines, because there's that thought that coming into the springtime period with vaccines, with um, things hopefully working towards more back to normal of what they were, you know, I think it, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time to get it distributed. It's going to take a long time to, you know, uh, see the effects of it. But I think it's all positive and any positive consumer confidence, positive activity that way, hopefully means more restaurants opening, more domestic demand and, um, you know, more income for people, more people to, to get back out to, to that normal way of life, which means more beef demand and more protein demand. Which is what we would like to definitely see for folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's It's been a long year, and hopefully, like we said, hopefully uh, 2020 will be over, and it's not going to change instantly, but, um, you know, there's some positive things coming into 21. We're ready for it. Bring it on, right? That's right. Bring it on. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Eric? Yeah, they can give us a call, uh, 308-234-6805, or they can go online to mysmartyield.com. All right, Eric Kruger has been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.